Welcome everyone to part two of the Innovate MB Celebration podcast. I'm Kathy Simpson, your host of Tech Talks. And today on this episode, we've got Jeff White, CEO of MBIF, and Catherine Lockhart, CEO of Propel. Both are incredible leaders in the startup, scale up, and investment communities here in Atlantic Canada. With ties to all of the maritime provinces, they both are here in New Brunswick leading their organizations. Catherine and Jeff are going to dive into the Meet the Investor session. I'm sure you're not surprised. And share why they think you've got to be here on November 22nd. Finding more investors to invest in Atlantic Canadian companies is a priority every day of the week. And this is an important goal of the November 22nd event. Gaining more exposure for our startup community, the businesses that are here, the work that they're doing, the capital that they need and are raising, that's what the day is going to be all about for them. Settle in everyone, have a listen to learn more about Propel, MBIF and what they're up to. Hey, welcome everybody, all our listeners. If you're new or you're returning, so glad to have you here. I'm really excited. I have two returnee guests. So that's exciting just to be able to sit down and have a chat. You, you weren't on the show together before, so it's nice to have you both here. I want to introduce you to Jeff White from MBIF and Catherine Lockhart from Propel. Welcome to both of you. Thank, thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. So Propel and MBIF are part of the team who are working on organizing Innovate MB. And before we talk about the celebration, Catherine, how are things going at Propel? What's going on? There's, are, are, you got lots of cohort, new companies. You know, give us the scoop of what's going on. Yeah, it's it's there is never a dull moment at Propel. And uh, the companies that we have the great fortune of working with keep us inspired every day. So, but let me zoom out at, at Propel. I mean, last year we supported 90, over 90 companies. This year, we're just a little over six months into our fiscal year, and we've supported 60 already. Um, 20, uh, a third of those, a third of those 60 are in New Brunswick. So we're seeing a lot of strong entrepreneurs really looking at this, um, at entrepreneurship as a career option, which is really, really exciting. You know, we have, um, we, we really want to help develop the skills of the founders and we're an important first step in that food chain. And that'll go on to, you know, hope we'll learn more, of course, from Jeff in um, our relationship as it goes from earlier stage companies into well-funded and growing and scaling companies. Um, but it's a, it's a great place to be at Propel right now virtually. I will say one of the highlights uh, for me, Kathy, right now, 57% of our companies have new Canadians in them helping to lead the charge, 57%. So wow, we great. always had a very strong presence at around 45 at least, but we're seeing even an uptick from that perspective. So we're really, really pleased with the diversity of the companies that we're working with right now and some really, really cool uh, global problems that they're solving. 60 companies in six months. Are you optimistic? you're gonna surpass your 90. It feels like that's a real possibility. Maybe there's some cyclical nature to um, the starting of new organizations. Tell us what you think. I'm, I, I'm 
The numbers suggest we will pass the 90, just with the math alone. However, and Jeff knows this, we've never had the goal to drive large volumes. We wanna drive quality, quality companies into our region. So we're very focused on the development of those companies, preparing them for the markets that they're tackling, solving those problems, preparing them to raise capital from the MBIFs of the world. Um, so we are really, really focused on the quality aspect. The fact that we have large numbers right now, to me, is a bonus. And hopefully through with a larger funnel at the end of the day and larger cohorts with great diversity, we're going to continue to see quality founders and quality companies being built in our region. And you're still serving all four Atlantic provinces. We are. And that must keep things busy and doing it all virtually. We love virtual. <laughs> We went virtual before it was cool to be virtual. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2018, the team made that decision uh, to take things virtual so we could reach founders where they are. They live in all corners of our four um, beautiful provinces and founders are not typically well-funded when the, the companies are at the stage where we're, we're working with them. So spending money and time traveling was is, is, is a real challenge. So. We cut that out of the equation entirely and they connect virtually with our dedicated startup coaches um, in the middle of their day while they're running their businesses. So we really want to keep those businesses growing and, and support that journey, not put a wrench in the system in, in their journey that will might be expensive. Yeah, I love that. I mean, Jeff, can you remember the days when all the founders used to have to drive to one of the cities for fireside chats and coaching sessions. I remember those days. Yeah, they were they were intimate, but uh, limiting as you look yeah. at what we're capable of doing today. Yeah, it's pretty different. So how are things at MBIF, Jeff? What's going on? Well, uh, coming out of, uh, they said, uh, challenges drive innovation. And, and so the pandemic turned out to be a catalyst for innovation in across globally and that was no different here in new brunswick um it opened up new markets new opportunities new challenges so it was it was a very busy busy time um exciting time and you know we just came off of i guess if we look back on our last fiscal year which ended in march we're just finalizing that information it was one of the record years of investment into new brunswick and atlantic canada for that matter um in terms of private sector investment into research and into um, new companies. You know, we just have some stats in front of us here. We had, there was 91, $92 million of private sector investment went into the companies and projects that were MBIF were part of last year. That's, that's a record year for us. That's for our province uh, with respect to venture capital. And, you know, our typical year is 40, 30, 40, which was still on the high end for relative to other provinces, but it's a demonstration of the capabilities and capacities within the companies and the institutes that are working on uh, on solving real world problems that have uh, relevance across the globe. So it's it's an exciting time to be uh, an investor. And I consider us an investor in, in many things uh, around the region. And in case we have new listeners, Jeff, you sure. really have two arms of MBIF. Yeah. Tell us about both pieces before we dive in any further. Sure. So a couple of things coming up. MBIF is turning 20 mm -hmm. as an institution, uh, as, as a, I shouldn't say an institution, as a strategy that for in commercializing innovation in New Brunswick. So a, a testament to all the various public sector uh, servants and sectors that have supported, continue to invest in uh, innovation. Um, 
So what does MBIF do? We invest in early stage technology-driven uh, research at our primarily at our post-secondary institutions and into new companies that have the potential to grow and expand uh, and build new businesses here in, in New Brunswick. That's our main uh, mandate. And that ranges from what we call mission-driven research to commercializing. And when I say commercializing, that's taking an idea and turning it into a product, service, or company. That's the aspect of the commercial aspect of what we're trying to get done. And, you know, we've had the good fortune of working with some of the great um, technology companies that have in the past and present in New Brunswick. So I'll name a few. People remember Radian 6, old news, 10 years ago. That that was formed 15 years ago. Uh, and today we've got companies like Procedure Flow, IntroHive, Bocheron Security, Potential Motors. All these are great entrepreneurs and teams in New Brunswick that we've been fortunate enough to be able to put small equity investments into them early in their journey on and their path to become commercial, commercially viable. And then we've got great relationships uh, that we continue to build, I say that, uh, with our uh, the post-secondary institutions because they are the, the factory for talent and new and innovative ideas for New Brunswick. And so there's a center for uh, marine additive manufacturing uh, that we've partnered with UDM. We've had great success with UDM. Uh, sorry, the first one was at UNB, but it, with UDM. Uh, tremendous work happening there around robotics and the application of robotics into our in industrial base, uh, whether large or small. And, um, and you know, we've had the fortune to partner a little bit with UNB and OSCO on their offsite uh, modular construction site. So, so we're seeing lots of great things That's happening. Good work. And, uh, and the demand for solutions and new companies is only going up, as you're probably aware with the various global issues and, and local issues that we're facing. So exciting time. And are you both finding, uh, Catherine, I'll start with you, are both finding there's always challenges for your companies as they're starting to scale and are they're part of your program. Talent and capital tend to be, you know, amongst the top two or three issues and challenges. What's what's the latest and what people are talking about around those two issues? So what we're seeing our companies wrestle with is there's a lot of buzz around an upcoming recession. How do I raise capital in a recession? And 90% of that capital that they in inevitably do raise goes towards talent. So it's a chicken and egg thing. Mm -hmm. We prepare, we work with companies to ensure that they know how to secure the right traction in order to raise capital um, that they can then hire talent with. So um, many companies are at a different stage of this journey but that important relationship between their time with us in an accelerator and early introductions to investors like MBIF are critical in their journey. And we know that if we continue, and, and we do, we have constant open conversations with the investors all across the region to understand how is the needle moving? What are they looking for? Because it is a constantly evolving environment that they need to be up to speed on at all at all times. So we help them prepare for that and secure the traction that really demonstrates they've identified, you know, there's a problem, they validated, there's a problem in the market someone is willing to pay to solve. And it's not their mom and it's not their buddies they went to school with, it's an actual market that's paying money. Yeah. And then we really look at how do we accelerate them getting into that market? So early revenue that is repeatable not revenue from an old business or an old consulting project, 
repeatable early stage revenue, because that's what we're hearing from investors, that they really want to see that early stage traction. Um, and once they can raise, then they're hiring talent. That talent is a constant challenge. There's no question about it. How do we hire talent locally? How do we hire talent with a niche uh, skill set that will work for me, but it's not here physically? Because that's that's more and more the norm that that we do see. But we want to recruit those those people to our beautiful our region. Uh, region. So you know we have we have very exciting and it is not hard to do to be honest when they actually learn a little bit about what it's like to work here, uh, live here, and work here. There, there's a really good conversation to be had and we've seen a lot of movement in that direction and a lot more work for us to do as a region from that regard. So Catherine, I mean, I, I understand that challenge. You're up for that challenge. Your team is up for that challenge. And Jeff, you talked about unicorn in the woods um, and the, the discussion about, you know, some of the big successes that we've had and that happened because they were successful at raising funds, having exits. So you couldn't have an Innovate MB celebration without talking about investors and raising capital. So we're thrilled that you're one of our partners in crime and developing this Innovate MB celebration. Talk to us about what you and Catherine are planning with the Meet the sure. Investors component of the day. I will. And I think I want to frame it up with Maybe people understand. So why are we always talking about investment? Don't businesses just do that? These types of businesses, just to put it in context, the traditional banking sector does not invest in those companies because of structure and policy and framework. So if you're getting investment to build your building and build a rental, you, these entrepreneurs don't have access to that source of capital. Hence, it lands on the backs of uh, private investors who buy shares. So these entrepreneurs share the, the ownership structure in it. So, so it's a unique group. Um, so if you think of that, the banks are everywhere. These investors are not because it's a much smaller piece of the puzzle, but very, very important. So on the day uh, of the uh, event, we're today it's coined Meet the Investors, but really uh, we've got a panel of representation to kind of inform an entrepreneur, a policymaker, an existing business, um, and, and the public around what's happening in that sector. There's a bit of an evolution, just like everything else did, in who's engaged in that sector, who could look to that uh, group for to help them build their businesses, and, uh, and what they might expect if they were going down that pathway. So it's a bit of an education on what's available and what's changing. And so, for example, the panel is shaping up at this point. We've got some confirmed attendees. We have uh, uh, the CEO of Tribe Networks out of Halifax, who's now specifically working on spinning up acceleration, but more important, and Catherine would know that one part, but in our end, a venture capital fund targeting uh, the BIPOC community. And so I go, what does that matter to MBF? Well, we have to evolve into this with it as well. So how do we engage with that? Perhaps there's entrepreneurs who didn't know that happened. I'm hoping to learn from that. We've got representatives committed from a new form fund called Sandpiper Ventures. It's for female founded, female funded type companies. Again, why is that happening? It's another entryway to bring a new group of entrepreneurs down this pathway of commercializing innovation. We have ourselves, MBIF, 
uh, we have a, a couple of invites out to what they call Series A investors, which is just a little different further down the line to explain what happens. And those are typically not in our region. That's when our companies need to think about attracting capital from outside Atlantic Canada. And then we also have linked into this. Um, uh, ex Catherine, the Propel is engaged, and Catherine's going to sit on that to explain the connection between why should a young entrepreneur consider participation in an elevation in acceleration as a pathway to better uh, potentially having a better success rate. And at MBIF, we're no secrets. We have a relationship with Propel. We have another one with Energia where we look to companies who graduate from those programs as a better pathway to us helping them be uh, commercially successful. So I think that, that, you know, we've got an hour plan to explore that. We are going to open it up for Q&A uh, to the floor. We'll be using technology to adopt the Q&A. So there'll be ways to gather and, and succeed and then create some um, points. So, so, you know, talent, capital, and ideas are the three things in innovation. We're going to focus on that. That topic is going to really focus on the capital aspect of it. That's going to be the theme of that day. Um, so I'm hopeful. I think I'm going to learn, and I think others could. It's a great chance to learn. So, Propel, why why is this celebration important for you, Catherine? And yes, it's called Meet the Investors, but you're going to be talking about accelerations and the types of programs to get involved in to help you meet the investors and be better prepared for those meetings. Yeah. Tell me what your thoughts are. We're Propel. We are incredibly excited about this particular event. Um, I feel a little bit selfish because the, the companies and the founders that we get to see every single day, they are ambitious, they are educated, they are driven, they are solving global problems, they are raising local capital. And to just point, some of them get to the point where they're raising external capital, they're hiring talent. It is so exciting to watch them grow on this journey that benefits our, our province and our region. And I think the opportunity to get to show that off to our community is is a, is is a bit of an honor. It's a privilege to share with the world what we get to do every day. So you know, those of us here on, on the podcast, we know what this journey is like. We know it requires really important, deliberate support. It's an educational journey from that that can't be solved with one organization. It's an ecosystem that is linked. So from post-secondary institutions that provide talent and research and ideas into acceleration that really help refine these early, early companies and how do they get good at those next steps and really building those skills into, you know, just territory where they're actually raising their first rounds of institutional capital and hiring. This is, this is a great story. We get excited about every day and get out of bed to, to help support these journeys, but let's show it off. Let's share it with the New Brunswick so they get as excited as we do, because this is a very exciting space to be in. And these companies will absolutely be shaping the future of our region. So we might as well get to know them now. So, Catherine, if you think about that, you've got relationships with some of the organizations that Jeff just talked about. Your team is always creating relationships with these investors. But I would think that it's important for some of our government leaders whether they be provincial governments or federal governments like ACOA, I'm thinking we really need them hearing these stories too, don't we? 
Absolutely. We would not be around if it wasn't for our government partners. All were funded very, you know, full transparency by all four provinces and co-op. So they they play a significant role in our ability to support this journey. But we don't want them to feel like they're not part of it. They're absolutely part of it. Um, the other role that these governments play is when companies grow. Our region is known for having very strong funding supports for founders directly, and it varies a little bit from province to province. Um, but ACOA, you know, plays in that space as well. So, so the government's involvement, and this is also, if you look at any ecosystem around the globe, governments have been the ones who have funded ecosystems almost always in the beginning. So Silicon Valley, that didn't just happen overnight. That was a very deliberate government decision. Look at any other successful ecosystem. It will, you can always narrow it down and find significant innovation investment from the governments to really get these ecosystems going and growing. And then they're eventually pumping out unicorns, um, which, you know, uh, and that's a company that's valued at a billion dollars, which drives significant economic impact and really changes the face of that region. And we have that exactly that potential here. And we're already seeing a lot of that motion in the region. But governments can celebrate and be very proud of investment in this space. And we're excited to see it grow. Well, and Jeff, don't we want them to understand it so they continue to see that value and how it's having an economic effect on our provincial economies? So bringing more investors in to help them oh, tell yeah. those stories feels pretty important to me in, in an innovation roadmap for any province. I, I mean, it's critical. I mean, the purpose, let's, the purpose of MBF, we do all this stuff at the end of that, the, the objective is to drive economic growth, incremental economic growth, things that otherwise wouldn't happen. They're typically in, in into sectors and industries that, um, that we are not doubled down in yet. That's a productivity improvement when you think of innovation. And we're going to celebrate that in other parts of the day around traditional mm -hmm. industries, but these are funded predominantly by capital from outside our region that is looking for global uh, solutions that, that can be exploited around the world. So that's our the secret sauce uh, to, to the investment. Uh, the government no, the government investment is, is critical. It's fundamental. It's embedded in MBIF's um, DNA. So we think of it as an investment. Every dollar we look at going out, what is, the re what is it driving for benefit today? So you think of the economic, the GDP impact. It drives employment. These entrepreneurs, these research positions are all new. They're making decisions on how to hire, to grow. And here's what's interesting. We talked about talent. These, these globe, when they're globally relevant, they will attract the global talent needed to make it yeah. succeed. And I'll just suggest someone, listeners, go to a website called Potential Motors and look at the roster of people that are on their investment side. But now more importantly, look who's on their execution their side, yeah, on the talent. talent. So, so we think of... Where do you go looking for that? So we immediately go global. These companies are going to look for expertise, no question, domestic, I mean, in our backyard. But don't lose sight that it's going to be attractive enough to bring people in to work on it. And when that, that's virtual or physical, but that's the barriers have gone down on attracting global talent. And so global capital will follow. That's a net new global talent will follow. And those products and services go around the world. And the digital world is what gives us our distribution channel. That's the that's the equalizer. The digi digitization says, huh, that's there, and I can get my product services to market quicker, faster, and customers can find me." So, 
that's sort of the other characteristics. Yeah, it really does. So Jeff, obviously we're going to end the celebration. We've got the trade show and the job fair. That's going to be companies looking to hire companies looking to showcase their products, but also the support organizations, all of us who are trying sure. to help support them. Then you have the McKinnon Institute doing some industry roundtables. We've got the events that you folks are leading, and then we've got the awards. I mean, you got to have some fun sure. at the end of the day. We're going to get to network and, and really celebrate. And we're really using the Unicorn in the Woods book as a real focal point because it was so um, when you read this book, you get the story of innovation in New Brunswick. Am I right? Oh yeah, that was that's how we. Uh, well, I'm, I I had the good fortune to be involved with some of those great teams, and you know what? We were figuring it out as we went along the way, and uh, and I think there is some blueprints inside of that that are critical to do it. And uh, the things that jump out at me are uh, we have we all we always knew we had smart people. We had, our talent is can the. the scientific talent, the business talent, we've got that here. And then what you'll pick up there is private sector, NG and, and government got together mm -hmm. to provide the support as I go back to, because the banks don't. So there is financial support to get to help that move and, and immediately start thinking global, start thinking global uh, along the way. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's Gordon Pitts was saying like, why did this happen? And we always said like, we had made the, uh, we are, and I, Put that broadly defined as the various organizations and people, not the group that didn't care where we were. Like customers didn't care, the talent didn't care, the capital didn't care. It was just a good idea. So if you think about that, which sometimes can be th thought of restrictive, you take that down and say, "Look, make things permeable." I call it. Let let the capital, people, talent, it'll flow to where the good ideas are. So uh, there's a new generation of entrepreneurs and funders and i'm see i get the privilege of seeing that inside these we have a portfolio of 66 companies and we get to touch all the researchers uh, applied researchers and the talent that's in there so i'm very bullish partly because we have probably i know we have way more information than many do on that around what's happening so lots of potential and catherine you know when people are going on to the innovate mb celebration website and as we're connecting with others in the ecosystem and sponsors, they see this whole theme around unicorns and around forests and trees paying homage to the unicorn in the woods. But you talk about baby unicorns all the time. So I can't do a podcast without you talking about how that's really become a, a key motivation and a key message that you're delivering when you're in the market talking about the work of Propel. It's, it's my favorite silly expression and it's very deliberate and that it's not, it's supposed to be burn very few brain calories to figure out what does it mean? And, and to be honest, Kathy, when we first sort of came up with the, the term baby unicorns, we, it was pre-Verifin. So pre-Verifin actually becoming the first major unicorn in the region. And we thought, absolutely. And we just really wanted to engage the young companies, the young founders who they read a book like Unicorn in the Woods and they want to relate to that. They do relate to that. But we were aiming really high. We were aiming for unicorn status. Remember, that's the billion dollar valuation. That is a long journey. Very fortunately, we have, let's call it half a dozen of those in the region as of today. So, you know, 18 months later, we've had a, we've had 
had a good run in the last you know 18 to 24 months. But when we talked to founders about it, we actually asked them the question, are you driven to build a unicorn? And they were quite intimidated by it. So we said, let's just level set for the ecosystem that we live in. We are an earlier stage ecosystem. As Jeff said, if you want to raise Series A capital, you're typically going outside of the region. So Series B and C, where you're raising rounds of 20 million, 30 million, 40 million dollars, lots of like significant capital, you're, you're doing that outside of the region. But here, we want to engage more entrepreneurs and companies. We're seeing that, fortunately, in, in our numbers. But the founders were actually coming out of the woodworks and saying, oh, I think I can be a baby unicorn. Mm, nice. And we simply define that as a company that's valued between 50 and $100 million. Yeah. So it just is a smarter first step to hopefully really building up this ecosystem to exit, you know, have stronger exits at the, at the unicorn level. Catherine, I just pick up on that because it's a good, it's a very good segue into what, what's that industry, a technology sector look like? It looks like uh, the energy sector. It looks like the oil and gas sector. It looks like, um, the ag sector. There are a few companies that are massively large, billions of dollars. And then there's numerous, numerous companies that are mid to large size on the global scale. And then there's small ones. So there's room all along the spectrum for it. The tech sector was built on like the big boom of the big unicorns, but the sustainability model is it will have companies of every size. So you aim high, get along that journey, that pathway, and, and there's success all the way along that pathway not just at that end point. And that's what sometimes we get fixated on the end, but really the benefits are, are accruing to the, are being felt by the province and by the, the communities all the way along. That's just an event, a point in time, those things. And Unicorn in the Woods got at what was going on all the way to get to that event. Like people were surprised by the end state that happened. Well, what happened? Well, all along the way is when the real, real work happen and the real value is delivered back to the provinces, the people, the communities, all that stuff happened along the way. So let's not get distorted that the work is on the, on the journey, not the a single point in time on which is a, a singular, I call it a transaction. It's not even like a, a long-term strategy, it's just an event. So we're going to have people talking about talent and trying sure. to find talent. We're going to have very hands-on sessions with the McKinnon Institute looking at things like closing the digital divide and digital health and why data is so important for us to elevate everything and digital transformation. We're going to be talking about um, accelerating, about investing in the session that you guys will be leading. And then we're all going to get together and have a really nice eating session. I'm calling it, uh, you know, it's not going to be the sit down three or four course menu, but it's going to be a little bit more casual. And we are going to have some awards. And Jeff, why are awards important? Nominations are important and so are awards. Why are they important, do you think, at this time? I think uh, there's been tremendous innovation and uh, breakthroughs and product service, I call product service companies created across all spectrums of our industry during this last three years in particular. Mm -hmm. Faster pace than ever service delivery models flipped on end and you know even in our public service sector you know and have sustained have stayed things who would have thought we would do e-visits now as a practice not yeah. just as an emergency uh technology to implement so like this it was a transformative period and 
it's invisible to a lot of people. It just shows up, right? That just shows up at someone's doctor. And all through this, a lot of things were happening. And while we were in a crisis mode, there was it generated a lot of positive. We saw it unleashed a lot of power. So I think we, we have to recognize, look, a lot of great things happen that, guess what? We've now adopted and are going to sustain. And we've changed to the good in many, many places. We all know there's that. But in, in the innovation world, we, we did some good. And uh, the industry is across, the sector is, across, we're a sector, not an industry. So as a result, I don't know if that's the right word, but I think we cross, this, the crossing all kinds of our, our uh, priority sectors are tech enabled. So we need to bring that together and highlight the that there's a, a, a bunch of great things going there. Um, there's been great employment growth. It continues to demand, the demand is going up. Uh, it's net new positions. I think we need to recognize and, and put some energy back into the group, say like, hey, you know, and, and awareness, it's all the parts. So all, you know, if you think of who the entrepreneur's time, the various investors from private investors to all the public sector investment that has gone into it, who may not see that as a collective. It this all is culminating a together. Will you get a chance to bring it together and say, look, this is what's happening. You might think it's all disconnected. It's not, it is connected. Uh, the community is connected. And uh, and let's kind of kind of redraw it. And ideally in my altruistic world, we start building this digital brand beside NB. We start, yeah. we start the process of putting that up there as, you can build it here. You can come invest here. You can uh, expect things out of here. And so I think that's all positive uh, messaging. And Catherine, you know, help us get people in this room. When you're talking to the startups that you're working with and the investors that you're working with and the ecosystem players, talk to us what you hope that they're going to get out of coming to our November 22nd event. First of all, I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. Me too. Um, I'm I'm with fun being on the top of the oh, list. Yeah. Fun is right up there. It's going to be it's going to be great. There's going to be really such a great fabric of people from New Brunswick that are new to New Brunswick that want to come to New Brunswick and and that really really interesting moment to learn for show and tell for networking. Um, it's going to be a really unique event and I think it's going to inspire people. I think they're going to feel the energy that luckily we're fortunate enough to feel every day in our jobs with the, the, the companies that we work with. So getting to share that with the broader uh, province and region is, is something I'm really looking forward to. And I think it will be clear that this is just the tip of the iceberg of what our province is capable of. We can't forget that we attracted over 60,000 people to our region. And, that, and I say that being Atlantic Canada since the pandemic. Let's keep that door open. It is wide open. This is a fantastic place to move. I lived away from New Brunswick personally for about 16 years. I could not be happier to be back here. The quality of life, the opportunities you have for your career and to build a business here or to join an early stage company are phenomenal. So taking a moment to pause and celebrate that, have the fun. Um, you know, I just, I just can't wait for it. So people get your tickets and we'll see you there. Yeah. And we've got some surprises that uh, we're going to save until that day and evening, but um, I'm really excited about what it's going to do. I'm super excited that we're going to be moving this event around Correct. from city to city, because it's going to just get more groups and teams 
exposed. Maybe they can't travel, but it's going to be in their city in the next two years. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. And who knows what's going to happen as a result. But your partnership on this event is crucial. I can't thank you enough for joining me today, sharing your stories. And uh, we got lots of tickets to sell. So we've got lots of work to do to fill that room up by November 22nd. So thanks very much. And thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Everybody go buy your tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There you have it, everyone. More information and excitement around this November 22nd event. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Catherine, for sharing information about what's happening with your organizations and why your teams are so excited to be part of the planning for November 22nd. You can go to InnovateMBCelebration.com to purchase tickets, see the schedule for the four different events, nominate recipients for the awards that will be given up that night. So important to get those nominations in now and check back regularly as we've got announcements going on weekly. You're soon going to hurt here who our keynote speaker is for the evening. We hope you can join Jeff, Catherine, Heather, Adrian, and I, and so many others who are going to be spending the day celebrating the tremendous work happening in New Brunswick. We're overdue, don't you think? There has been tremendous stories occurring. It's been a difficult time with COVID. We haven't been together to talk about innovation and to celebrate, and it's time to do just that. I know one thing, the Tech Impact team will be there, and we hope you will too. Thanks to Catherine and Jeff for joining on this episode and talk soon, everyone.